Hello, thank you for your interest in the Ocean Mind Sangha. Uh, these uh, talks are recorded live. I give them from the south of Mexico, where I live. And they usually happen on Wednesday evenings during our sit, our Wednesday sit. And we offer these talks freely. But if you would like to offer a donation, know that that is always much, much appreciated. Um, your support allows me to dedicate more time to writing and teaching about the Dharma. Uh, it supports the operations of the Ocean Mind Sangha, and it allows us to offer scholarships, especially for classes, uh, for people who might need them. Uh, if you would like to offer a donation, you can visit uh, my website at vanessasuisegoddard.org. Thank you again for your practice and your support. Today we are bringing to our close our ango, our winter 2024 ango. And to do that, we're going to do a Dharma encounter. Shosan. And Shosan means uh, Dharma combat, um, which gives you a sense of the, the poignancy of these exchanges uh, between teacher and student in the, in the company, really in the, in, in the immersion in Sangha. And it's not really combat, but it is an encounter unlike probably any other that we have in our lives, just like Dyson, right? The private version of these encounters. And the name is not arbitrary because if what we're dealing with is the question of life and death, and it is. And if what we're trying to do is to completely liberate ourselves from suffering, and we are, then it is appropriate to give these encounters the, the weight, the importance that they deserve. And so as we're beginning, please ready yourself to meet the Dharma to receive the Dharma and to offer the Dharma. And we'll do another one of these encounters in person at the end of our session in April, but this is no less important. If somebody can become enlightened just by seeing rainfall or plum blossoms falling, they can do so by listening to a well-placed word on and off a screen. They, they did not know about this medium at the time of the Buddha. But Daito Roshi always used to say that he thought that if the Buddha had had a computer, he would have used it. And I agree. You know, you use any means to help all beings liberate themselves. And so for this next 45 minutes or so, really let yourself be fully open, right? fully present, fully awake.
My teacher would, all, would always say at the beginning of one of these Dharma encounters that there are five ways primarily that teachers and students interact in Zen. Informally, in our own version of this, I would say is, is the private sessions that we do, which although they're not entirely informal, I mean, we're not just chatting, they are less formal than the other ways in which we interact as a Sangha. Then there are the study sessions where we have a chance to bring to light a particular aspect, a particular topic of the Dharma, and to ask questions of one another. And this is traditionally called mando. And then there is daisan, or face-to-face -face teaching, which happens in the context of zazen, as you know, either daily zazen, or during a, an intensive, like a, in our case, the half-day sits, an all-day sit, zazenkai, or sashin, the silent meditation retreats. And, you know, these tend to be short. They do tend to be more formal and pointed. You know, it's not just a conversation. And particularly, this is true when a student is working on a koan, because it is meant to cut through our usual chatter, inner and outer chatter, to point directly to the nature of the self and the nature of reality. And by the way, um, Doksan is um, specifically that face-to-face -face teaching with uh, a Roshi, with an abbot of a temple, of a monastery. Daisan is what you do with me, uh, with, um, with a regular teacher, sensei. And then there's interview for a teacher in training, for a Dharma holder. Um, then there are the Dharma talks in which a Buddha is speaking directly to a Buddha, right, where the Dharma is brought out and framed, if you will, for us to see and to hopefully understand. Framed in the sense of, of given, it's, it's given shape, it's given um, a, a form, a container, so that we can talk about it so that we can offer and we can receive. And then there's a Dharma encounter, right? Where the, the teacher briefly talks about a particular topic and then invites students to come forward and present their understanding or to ask a question. And it's different from a mondo in, in the sense that it is also brief, it is more, more pointed. So it's more, it's like Daisan, but it happens uh, publicly. And one of the purposes it serves is that it gives, you know, more junior, newer students uh, a chance to see how we work together, you know, a, a, a teacher and student, where the student is a little more experienced, and it gives us a chance just to learn, you know, from, from one another. And it also has a little bit of that tension where you're, you are being challenged, you know, to step forward and to not know, uh, to not have a plan, just like vow. Mm -hmm. You actually don't know 
you don't really fully understand what you're doing when you when you make a vow and if you did you might not make it and so it's it's good that we can only see as much as our doubt as much as our aspiration as much as our desire right to be free and so this is this is like that so don't think about it don't think about what you're going to say don't worry about how you'll come across because then you you'll never step forward trust yourself trust your practice trust your insight and if there's something that isn't clear then this is a great opportunity to ask because every single one of us here has lived a full life up to this point for however many decades and every single one of us has had all manner of experiences has struggled through periods of our lives has sailed through others every single one of us has known love and has known pain of some kind which means that every single one of us has something to share so the way that it works is when i'm done talking i'll invite you to come forward and so you'll just raise your digital hand remember that is under participants or reactions um, and here the order is important since i don't want to to skip anyone so maybe komyo if you wouldn't mind just keeping track of who's raising their hand and then just let me let me know when i ask please and of course you can raise your hand too uh, ryusan will go first since he is the shuso and um, and then we'll continue one by one until there's no one left until we run out of time or until we exhaust the topic but that last one is impossible so and then at the end i'll just offer some some closing words so any questions about the procedure Oh, and, and, you know, so when it is your turn, I'll just, I'll call on you. Uh, if you can just go ahead and do a seated bow and then say what you would like to say, you know, ask your question. And yes, at the end, I will say, may your life go well. That is the signal that the next person should go. Anina, you have a question? Just about the process. Um, I wondered if if i the, the student am finished do i say thank you for your teaching or is it always you the sensei the teacher who says may your life go well for for dharma encounter i have only said, I, mm -hmm. for dharma encounter i will say it regardless but you're welcome to say thank you if you'd like <laughs> that's fine too Any other questions? Okay. So we have been studying the Vimalakirti Sutra, the Sangha. And we covered quite a bit of ground, right? We heard about Buddha fields and about how your mind determines whether you see them 
or not, whether you live them or not. We read about non-duality. And, and, and that pointed moment where, where Vimalakirti expresses it in terms of silence. We've learned about inconceivability, the emptiness of sickness, of health, of life, of death, of gender. We heard about Dharma food and what it is. What is it that really nurtures? About getting attached and not getting attached you know, to forms, to insight, to emptiness. We read about Dharma worship. And of course, weaving through all of these, the Bodhisattva's vow. The Bodhisattva who stays behind instead of crossing over to the shore of nirvana they stay behind and they go into the muck they go into the weeds in zen it said and sometimes they do things they would otherwise not do necessarily they wouldn't choose to do for the sake of living beings in other words they understand that no one is fully liberated until everyone is liberated. And not just in theory, but in fact. And so in this last section of the Sutra, a very important teaching is brought forward, and that is the nature of the Tathagata. And the Tathagata, is, uh, tathagata itself is an epithet for the Buddha, the thus come one, or the thus gone one. And the Buddha had many names by which he was called, but this is the, the name that he himself used the most when he referred to himself in third person, which he does often in the sutras, in both the Pali Canon and the Mahayana Sutras. And so you can think of of this version of the Buddha, if you will, as the one who comes and goes like this. But what is the this? Like, what does that look like? And so after everything that um, the Malakirti has taught, all the various bodhisattvas, all the Brahmas, all the disciples, all the Devas, the Buddha turns to him and asks, how do you see the Tathagata? And Vimalakirti essentially says, when I see the Buddha, I don't see any Buddha. Why? Because he doesn't come from the past. And here, let's, let's, let me change the pronoun to a they, because he's not even speaking about the, the person. When I see the Buddha, I don't see any Buddha. Why? Because they don't come from the past, they don't abide in the present, and they don't go into the future, they don't live into the future. They are not this or that, and he goes through a long list of all the many 
opposites that the Buddha is not. They're not good, they're not bad, they don't know or don't know. And really, ultimately, you can't talk about Buddha. You can't describe or know, and in a sense, even come close to Buddha. In the Diamond Sutra has a line that is one of our miscellaneous koans that says, if a person sees me in forms and hears me in sounds, they practice the wrong way. One cannot perceive the Tathagata Buddha. And so, what is this that cannot be seen or pointed to? And if that's the case, why do we talk about this so much? And what does it have to do with your life? So, Ryusan will go first, and then everyone else, you can raise your hand. Listening to you speak, Suisse, it what was what was really jumping to my mind was how is how whenever I hear and, and maybe for a very long time hearing these Dharma teachings, um, I've heard I I've heard them in the context of of a future me, not me right now. So and I was just doing it a little bit nothing that um you for a little while there until i caught myself what you were sharing about these teachings was i was seeing a future version of myself understanding them and, and living them and and not not me right now although although lately and, and for a little while now the only place that i really see the buddha is is in my life and in me and in my surroundings and in very real forms so the diamond sutra says though if a person sees me in forms and hears me in sounds they practice the wrong way you can't see the buddha so how do you see the buddha in your life I, I sit and I practice and I see. Nope. You can do better than that. How do you see the Buddha in your life? Uh, my son calls me from the other room. Hey, dad, you want to play cards? And I say, yes, I'll be right there. How is that not seeing in forms and hearing in sounds? Where are the forms and sounds? And yes, I'll be right there. May your life go well. Thank you for your teaching. Elliot. 
So what is the inexpressible? You can kind yeah. of demonstrate. Hmm? Go ahead. You can kind of, if the inexpressible is expressing itself through you, that's kind of the only way you can express the inexpressible. Yeah, so how do you express the inexpressible right now? Well, how could I do that? How could you not do it? How, how am I not doing that? Exactly. That's my question. How could you not do it? If we lack faith in ourselves, it's hard to do it. No. If we lack, uh, where'd you go? Uh, uh, if we lack faith in ourselves, we may not know that we're doing it, but you can't not do it. Do you understand? If it's true. If what is true? If we're Buddha, even when we do something terrible, if we're Buddha, even when we completely fail, if we're Buddha, even when we completely succeed, or if we're and, only Buddha when we attain realization. And which one do you think it is? Do you think it just it goes on and both. off like a switch? I think it's what? both. I you think do in one way we're... You do something terrible. Where does Buddha go? Buddha's kind of there watching. And so why do you do something terrible then? Buddha's there watching and I'm there living my life. <laughs> um, well, we forget. We get confused. So the work is to not get confused, or if you're confused, to get unconfused, right? Clearly. May your life go well. Thank you for your teaching. Uh, it is Sankai, right? Yes. Sankai? Yes. Uh, Suise, may I address you as Sensei? Uh, yes, you may. Thank you. Sensei, I want to continue that this month has been very uh, productive. And I want to continue to practice even more rigorously than I have been. How has it been productive? Uh, I've weaned myself off pain pills. I'm nicer to people than I normally would be. I'm more open. And what's the connection between that and what we've done this month? It just comes out of sitting. I'm not sure how to explain that. Okay. And what stops you? from doing that at other times when it's not on go? Well, I'm uh, um, I've been very productive throughout my life and I find myself now uh, less is better. Um, am I really going to get up at six o'clock again? 
it's I could it's so easy to it's like I don't know if it's a character defect or not, but I don't always do what I'm supposed to do. Um am I really going to get up at six again? I'm off my pain medication. I'm nicer to people. I'm living a fuller life, given everything that you've told me. And so how do you help yourself remember at six in the morning when you don't want to get up? Well, there's a couple of practical ways. I don't want to take too much time. There's a couple of practical ways. One is I bought a new alarm clock that will actually wake me up. Uh, the other is I'm in communication with Comio a lot. And if she's there, then it, it, it's, it's just inviting to be there too. Um, and I want desperately to get over my just stepping over things. The hardest thing is to remember, Sankai, is not the doing. It's to remember why we said we wanted to do it to begin with. You know, I love the story of, um, I'm blanking on his name right now, but the, the founder of Sierra Club, uh, he woke up in the middle of the night one day and he, because he worked in a farm, his family's farm, and his father was very strict and only let him read the Bible during the day. And one day he woke up in the middle of the night, it was like midnight or one in the morning, and he realized, oh, I have four hours where I can read whatever I want. I can just study. And so what did he do? He invented, he rigged up this thing where he hooked up uh, some sort of alarm clock to this contraption on his bed. So the alarm would go off in the middle of the night and would stand up his bed and, and, and basically put him standing so that he would be awake. And that way he would have the time that he wanted <laughs> to do his own study. And so we have to one, want it. We have to really want it because it will just be easier to go with the momentum you know, I'll just, oh, I'll get up whenever, you know, I'll eat whenever, you know, maybe I'll do the reading, maybe I'm not, I mean, Swiss is going to explain it anyway, you know, and so you have to have enough oomph to really keep it going. You have to want to, and you have to remember, and that you have to create ways to remember. So, you have your, cut, your work cut out for you. May your life go well. Who's next? Um, Liz or Kathy? Okay, Liz. Let me say. Um, how do we show up as the Buddha? How do we see the Buddha in our lives? The uh, first thing that came to mind was not knowing his most intimate and why because we show up with what we have 
and we're open to what's happening in that moment, whatever it is, good, bad, ugly. And we meet it. We meet it. We made it, did you say? Meet, we meet. Oh, meet. meet. We it. meet it. We're and there. So and we don't get stuck on our cushion. <laughs> One of the lines in the uh, this this uh, part of the sutra talked about um, the Buddha doesn't get stuck in form, formlessness, or the sensual realm. And I had to think about that for a minute, you know. But the formlessness to me means don't get stuck on your cushion. <laughs> don't get stuck in some idea of what um, enlightenment is or, you know, you have some some good feeling on your cushion, but it's not about that. It's about. And so what does it look like in your life, your your life, specifically you, Liz, to not get stuck? means to, like I said, meet the situation and to to bring whatever skillful means I have to it through the practice that I have, you know, um, whether it's me with my own self-doubt or self-criticism or me meeting someone else that's struggling um, to really be there, you know, and let this practice help me through it because I know how to take the next breath. Yeah. Remember that. Mm -hmm. Yes. May your life go well. Nina? Nina? Yes. I think I see the Buddha in my life by not seeing them. By dropping the story by not trying to plant seeds in the sky and hope they become flowers by staying, like Manjushri says, in the muck, in the mess. So if I'm always worrying about planting the seeds, the perfect lesson plan, the conversation, it never goes that way. It's like Jess's birth. It's, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. This is not what I want. So letting, I think my mantra has been less form, more emptiness. Um, and so where does practice fit into that? Whatever I encounter. Practice is getting late, 20 minutes, uh, 15 minutes late, walking into my class, having to, the tech's not working, I have to let go of everything, pivot. That's practice. I let go of the planting the seeds in the sky and hoping they become flowers. Okay, I like that, I like that phrase. May your life go well. Thank you for your teaching. Sure. 
Sensei, I just want to say that I'm having a crazy puppy moment. And so if you hear a crazy puppy barking in the background, apologies. Um, I understand. She's eating my bed right now. So um, could you please repeat the question? Um, the, the Diamond Sutra says, if a, if a person sees Buddha in form, forms, and hears Buddha in sounds, they're not really practicing the right way because you can't see the Buddha. But we talk about Buddha all the time. And so what is Buddha or what is the thus come one? And what does it have to do with your life? <laughs> so that sounds a little different from what the question how it was posed initially. So um, you can answer wh whichever one you like. Okay. Uh, I think that there's the relative and there's the absolute. And what, what is that? Uh, the relative is I'm talking to you. We're all here on Zoom. We're talking about concepts. And the absolute is uh, um, not something that can be described. And so Tandy's eating your bed. Mm -hmm. Is that in the relative or the absolute? Um, it's both. It's How? both. Uh, she's limitless. And her eating the bed, um, if it's not the bed, it's something else. And it will, it's whatever she will, um, whatever she will want to eat. And of course, if I allow her, but then there is um, her being, which is limitless. And, and how, how about you? Um, I've heard that it's limitless. I've heard that. I've heard you intimate that. I haven't seen so, it. So you know that Tandy is limitless. Yes. But you don't know for sure that you are. Um, you know. How come? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the question. That's what I'm trying to figure out. You know, it's a concept that I know and I'll go along with. But I absolutely can see her. I can see her as a Buddha. Um, and I can see others. Um, so that's it, it's better. It's better, but for me, it's it's like you know the the factory shut down at lunchtime, and then <laughs> when I was made, you know, so there was a break going on. Yeah. So that's the place to look because 
you have everything that Tandi has, and in some ways we could say, and and more. And so the way that you spoke about her, you know that your puppy is perfect and complete and is limitless. But there's a gap because you don't know that about yourself. And yet it's impossible for that to be different. And so that's the place to look, right? That's the place to practice. And it's especially impossible and I suppose evidence of that is because I can see that in her, right? If, I, if it, it wasn't true, I wouldn't be able to see that in her. Exactly. Yeah. And I will go a little further and say that the fact that you can see it means that you recognize it. Um, only a person of suchness can realize suchness. Mm. And so it's closer than you think. Big difference between realize and actualize. Well, that's why we're doing this practice. May your life go well. Thank you for your teaching. Let me change the view. Is James next? James next. Shosanji. Okay. Uh, you uh, asked why we don't see the Buddha, um, why we can't point to the Buddha. Uh, what's the reference point? How do you how do you point and see if you're not outside it? And so then, how do you speak about it? How do you bring this teaching out? notice and what about people who don't notice we don't always notice right um uh that that's the you know we can get stuck in that relative in those frustrations you know but just i i sitting here, uh, rushing to get here, six people texting me, everyone's trying to like, keep me in the workday, I'm trying to get here, sit on the cushion, I'm sitting here, I'm immediately falling asleep and going into shutdown. And the whole time I could be really, really frustrated, or I can just say, that's another message. Let me attend to this. I'm sleepy right now. Look at that. And just see it. And remind myself, to just see it. Okay, I'll take that. May your life go well. Thank you for your teaching. Kaito. <clears throat> um, I, uh, <clears throat> as I try to do when we, when we do these Dharma encounters, really try to try my hardest not to, you know, formulate uh, what I'm going to say or try to think of something pithy or, and as a result, um, I, every, whatever I've heard everybody say, I'm like, oh yes, that's 
Yes, that's what I want to say. Oh, that's it. That, I mean, from all the way down the line, starting with Ryusan. And, um, well, can I interrupt you for a sec? So if you can't see the Buddha in form and you can't see the Buddha in sound, then how do you perceive Buddha? In form and sound. But the, the koan says, and the Diamond Sutra says, it's not in form and it's not in sound. Well, there's, you know, where's the form? Where's the sound? It's, it's... I'm yeah. looking at form right now. I'm hearing you speak. Am I not? Well, then you're, then you're seeing the Buddha. Then I'm... Then you're seeing the Buddha. I am seeing the Buddha? Yeah. I don't mean Adam Green, but, well, maybe I do. But, I, I mean, I'm not claiming anything big about my, you know, about myself. I'm just saying the truth of each life. And so why does the, does the Diamond Sutra say you can't see Buddha in form and you can't see Buddha in sound? Because you can't go chasing after it. You can't say, ah, it's the Buddha. Uh, too much, too much. <laughs> uh, I don't what know. form? Excuse me? What form? What form do I see? Do I, do I see the Buddha in? No, that's the answer. What form? Ah, Let your life go well. Thank you for your teaching. Actually, I'm next. Um, I couldn't keep my hand up. It kept going off. Thank you, Sensei. Um, faith. It's faith for me. What is? Um, because I cannot see and I cannot hear. I mean, I was studying the sutra and I was reading it, trying to understand it, and I was listening to it and trying to understand it, but I can't understand it. So I just listen to it and read it with faith. That's how I... And what does that do? It frustrates me to be honest, because I want to understand and I want everything to be precise and exact and easy to understand, but I can't understand it. I, um, and so I just have to relax and take it on faith and just show up, but also just show up for myself and faith and not try to understand my life either yeah because otherwise it's like trying to take the ocean and stuff it into a glass the ocean is in that glass but it's also much faster much more limitless than that so in one sense you could say that faith is the the mechanism that allows you to be open enough to that limitlessness. So when you get frustrated, be frustrated. It's not supposed to make sense. Remember, it's not supposed to make sense. There's an aspect where it is, you know, and, and so that we can talk. 
but at a certain point, let the sense drop. It won't help you. May your life go well. Thank you for your teaching. Okay. How do I see the Buddha? Um, well, I, I, like many people, had a very uh, difficult childhood with alcoholic, mentally ill parents. And uh, it was pretty unrelievedly unhappy. And at some point in my late teenage years, I, I, I just said to myself, this, this can't be reality. This can't be real. And I started reading Western religion and philosophy and thinking about reality. And every once in a while, out of the blue, I would have these things that I called epiphanies, which is all of a sudden just this sense that everything was all right, you know, that everything where I was, everything that was happening was as it should be, and everything was okay. And it was so consoling and uh, nonverbal, and it's hard to describe. Uh, I would try to hold on to these feelings and try to get them back, but it was impossible to do. And then for many years, my own addictions and distractions got in the way of this, and I didn't feel that way again, and it wasn't until many years later when I started practicing Buddhism that I was be able to get glimpses of that again, um, mostly when I sat a long time. Uh, it's certainly not something I can summon at will, but it's, it's, it's a sense that sometimes arises, and most recently after our half-day sit, um, after that, I was walking the dogs and the wind picked up and I felt the wind and, you know, it's like the world dissolved and everything was all right. And, um, you know, there is a kind of oneness to it, but it's, it's not a, a thing that words can describe. It was just, oh, okay. And, uh, you know, and then it fades away and uh, I go back to my distracted, busy head. And um, I keep practicing and hoping that it comes back. But I think that's a glimpse of Buddha. It's, that's how I see it. Yeah. Well, don't hope. Forget about the hope. Just practice. Um, but that is quite something, right, for children of alcoholics. And I am one, too, to be able to say everything is all right. Yeah. That is quite something. It, it was a profound thing. <laughs> yeah. May your life go well. Uh, Kathy. Now I'm going to go right up to it so that I can see everyone. So, Sanchi. How do I see the Buddha? Uh, how do you express the inexpressible? Um, how do you aspire to uh, the unattainable? Yeah, those are the questions, exactly. So, how? Sit, get closer to what is, what is present. How do you get close when you don't want to? 
you're in pain, you're scared, you're confused, how do you get close then? I think you, uh, you allow what is present, even if it's painful, so that you can uh, move through it and get uh -huh. to an, another, an, maybe a new understanding. And how do you allow? You let go. You let go. And you let go. And you let go. And you let go. Might be painful while you're doing it, but uh, at some point you, you can, it mutates. It takes a different form and then maybe it releases, I don't know exactly, uh, but. Well, let's go back to the, you let go, you let go, you let go. Let's leave it there. May your life go well. Thank you for your teaching. And Marguerite. Well, I, for me, I think Buddha is in all this confusion and all this not knowing and not getting it and thinking, oh, well, maybe that's it, not getting it. How can I, I it's too much of an I, I'm too engaged in this I stuff. I'm not this, I'm not that. And I, I hate to even use the word I, I wanna go zip on I. It's just, this is it. This is the day, it's been shitty, but there's impermanence. Oh my goodness, maybe Buddha is impermanence. It's just, the it's gonna change and uh, I'm gonna get over this uh, feeling of, why do I have to understand this? Why do I have to know it? I'm not able to, so I'm going to just let go of it and think in all that thinking that I should stop thinking. And then Buddha is in all of that. Yeah, I think that's the thing. You know, we just, we, we, we kind of, we go in circles because you will often say, I don't understand. And then the next thing that comes out of your mouth is something that you've seen in your life and how you're using it. So how about you just, drop the story that you don't understand because you have an idea of how you should understand it. And if you just let that go, as Kathy said, and then proceed from there, why don't we try that? Absolutely, thank you. <laughs> okay, let your life go well. Jess. How do I cultivate fearlessness? It can't be apart from the fear. In other words, you have to not want for the fear to go away. So is that the right question? It's not that it's the wrong question. Is there a, 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 a next question? No, I understand. Probably. But that's the question that I see right now. 
How do you go into the fear? There's just so much aversion, so much aversion of going into fear. And it seems unnecessary, like life could continue without it. So, oh, the aversion, why? So how do you go into the fear? You go into the fear. There's no other way. May your life go well. Thank you for your teaching. And if you did not raise your hand, I will um, let it go if you haven't been here that long. You know, perhaps the greatest challenge that we have is that we're working really hard, right? We're sitting long, we're protecting our minds, we're studying deep, we're reading and we're chanting, and we're looking for ways to remember and to understand so that we can use these teachings. And they all point to something that cannot be seen, cannot be heard, cannot be given, but cannot be taken away. It can only be realized by doing things like this, by meeting minds, hearts, open, you know, wanting to know, wanting to understand, wanting to let go so that we can be free. And when you don't want to, going into that, Because the good thing is that it's not mystical, it's not far away, it's not in some other time, and it's not for some other person. It can only be seen in a moment just like this one. And that's it. And as I often say, it really is like that, it's just a moment. So you want to be there for it. May your lives go well. Thank you for listening. Uh, If you would like to listen to more talks, you can visit my website at vanessasuisegoddard.org. And if you'd like to offer a donation, know that they're always much, much appreciated. Uh, They allow me to dedicate more time to writing about and teaching the Dharma. They uh, support the operations of the Ocean Mind Sangha, and they also allow us to offer scholarships for people who might need them. Uh, So we always, always very much appreciate your practice and your support. Thank you.